everyone, I'm Nicole Kozalek, and you are listening to I Believe, a podcast focused towards inspiring FFA members to be their best, do their best, and make a difference in the world around them. Hey y'all, welcome back to the I Believe podcast. Today I have Elaine Dorn on and I am so excited. She is not only someone that I look to for advice or guidance, but she is an amazing friend of mine that is crazy about coffee, loving people, and working hard. Elaine is always down to have a heart-to-heart and she is truly a shining light to everyone that is around her. I know you will love her as much as I do, so without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to the I Believe podcast, Elaine. I am so excited to have you on. Um, Just so everyone knows, she is like kind of my go-to in everything podcasting whenever I have questions. And so she helped me a lot when I was starting this podcast and I was I always knew I wanted to have her on the podcast and it finally happened. It was just a matter of time. So welcome. I'm excited to have you. Thank you. I am so excited to be on the podcast. It's been a joy to both see you get this started from just an idea and a passion to now something that's grown to such a huge, incredible thing. So thank you for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. So to start, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, how you were involved in FFA, and then what you're involved in outside of FFA? Certainly. Uh, So as mentioned previously, my name is Elaine Dorn. I'm currently a junior at the University of Minnesota studying agricultural communications and marketing and French language. Sounds like a crazy combo, Um, but I'm really hoping to combine this together in the future with an international relations type masters, um, future education things, um, and then potentially end up working within international agriculture or agricultural communications and marketing um, in the future. Personally, I am from Kenyon, Minnesota. My family raises um, Morgan and Arabian show horses and Dorset, Hampshire, Suffolk, and natural colored sheep. Um, And that was my connection to FFA. Uh, I had livestock and I loved to show at the state fair. Um, My grandpa was an FFA member out in South Dakota when he was in high school. Um, And I used to see his jacket all the time and just think, oh, that looks cool. I don't really know what that is, but yay. Um, And then as I was getting more into showing livestock, um, he told me that if I joined FFA, I could stay an extra weekend at the state fair and show at an extra show. And that was it. I was, so I joined FFA. I was a homeschool kid um, in Ed Terry, um, the the ag instructor in Randolph in his um, outreach classroom. And I didn't talk to anybody. I was only there for the livestock. Um, And as time went on, I I got to know Ed a little bit better and I got to know the program a little bit better. And um, he just pushed me a little bit further every step of the way, encouraged me to do something new. Um, And I ended up going to the agricultural policy experience and got hooked. That was the start of FFA for me. Um, And from then on, I was really passionate about FFA and about the agricultural industry and about growing as a leader, um, which eventually led to being a chapter officer and a state officer within Minnesota. So that's really been 
my involvement within FFA. Uh, I, I now have my American degree and I'm kind of been an awesome experience. Um, and outside of FFA now, I continue to show livestock. Um, I really enjoy reading and playing piano and camping and a whole bunch of random things. Um, but yes, super thankful for that experience. Awesome. And she's an awesome photographer. If anyone wants to know, we've done a few photo shoots and it's, um, it's pretty fun. So just needed to add that in there for you, Elaine. <laughs> I feel like that's yes, something uh, in and out of FFA that you've ex- excelled at. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I love it. It's been really fun. Like in, in high school, photography was like my, my side hustle per se, a little added touch to my SAE. And now I get to go back and like take region officer photos like I did in region eight. Um, and so it's been really fun to have that like skill progress and now get to use it to give back to the people and organization I love so much. <laughs> awesome. Well, we will get started a little more towards what we're talking about today. So it's that time of year again, and all FFA members, I think, are crazy busy in a bunch of different interviews. I know I'm <laughs> crazy busy with a bunch of different interviews. So there's officer interviews, FFA degree interviews, proficiency award interviews. Um, And so I decided today we needed to have a little fun episode with um, full on just funny interview questions that really probably wouldn't get asked in any of those interviews that I just said, but it will keep us thinking and on our toes and may even cultivate some ideas when you do answer an interview question in one of those interviews. So Um, Elaine, are you ready for a very untraditional interview question session? I am so ready. Bring it on. Awesome. (laughs) So we'll start. Um, If you were a pizza, what type of pizza would you be and why? This is such a good question. Honestly, okay. I don't know if any of your listeners are from like the Cannon Falls area, but there is this little pizza shop called Dudley's that I swear makes pizza from heaven. Um, and I absolutely love them. And they have this one kind of pizza called the garbage pizza. And they just like throw everything on there. Like there is literally anything that you could put on a pizza, put on this pizza. And I love it so much. It tastes amazing. Um, and I think I would be that kind of pizza because I really enjoy uh, a lot of different things. Um, I, have, I have my fingers in all the pies. I love agriculture and I love but I also love communications and classical music and reading and I love to ride horses and trap shoot and I have just a ton of different things um that I really enjoy doing all tossed into one human being um so if I was a pizza I think I would be the garbage everything pizza from Dudley's (laughs) (laughs) I love that I can so see I mean as nicest way possible I can so see it because you're just always you're always very bubbly in there but you're just doing a bunch of things at the same time and it's you make it all happen but I can see that as you as you and a pizza so that's good (laughs) love it if you got a million dollars today what would you do with all of that um Another great question. I think the first thing I would do though is pay for college because college is spendy, more so than I thought when I started. Um, So I would probably pay for my tuition. Um, And then I'm sure I would use it to to travel. I love traveling internationally um, as can be seen in my language major and future aspirations. So I think I would definitely utilize it to do 
some international travel. I have a goal of making it to all, every single continent at some point in my life and a hundred countries. So that would go a long way towards um, working towards that goal. Um, and then I think I would definitely donate a lot of it. I know that's so cliche, but I, I think I would. <laughs> so Awesome. Well, when you said that you wanted to get to every continent and a bunch of different countries, I thought of like, oh, well, I wanted to get to 50 states by the time I was 50, but that is a totally different goal. You're <laughs> way out of my range of um, working. So um, go you on that one. <laughs> States by the time you're 50 though that that's also a big goal because I yeah I'm gonna make that one of my goals too that sounds good <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I can inspire you on that yes, one <laughs> inspired <laughs> uh, all right so the next one I just had to add in because mm -hmm. if anybody knows me they know I love fruit and I like crave fruit and I just like <laughs> I just it's like my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like I just have fruit and then it's like my snacks too. It's weird. I don't know. It's a good thing though. It's, it's better than other Pretty things I could be obsessed with, right? Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't know that about me, fun fact for the day, I really like fruit. Um, and Elaine, if you were a fruit, what type of fruit would you be? Okay, so this is also super cliche. But my favorite fruit ever is strawberries. Um, I just, I love smoothies, I love strawberry everything. It's so good. Um, and I think strawberries are fun because they're very much a classic fruit, um, but they're also super sweet and something that most people can relate to in some way, shape or form. Um, so I like to think that I would be a strawberry because I feel like in general, I'm, I'm kind of just, I don't know, a classic human being. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I really like strawberries. That is a really bad interview answer for anybody listening. Don't answer your interview questions like that. But <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you got any weird questions when you were running for state office, but when I was running for region office that my first year, I got asked, what kind of fruit would you be and why? And I was like, oh my, I don't really know. Like right off the bat, I was like, uh, uh, and now that I'm like thinking about it, I'm like, I definitely would just be, you know, one of those good, like crisp, honey crisp apples, because when you bite into it, it's just like, you can just, you just know what you're going to get into. And it's just like that crisp, organized, like always there, mm -hmm. consistent. Um, and that's just like who I am. Like you're, you know what you're going to get when you when you, once you get to know me, you like, you know what I'm going to do, you know, what priorities I have. And I'm just kind of like always there if you need me. And then it's like, mm -hmm. I think I'd be a good honey crisp apple. So what is my little status? That is such a good answer to that question too. And also honey crisp apples were formulated at the university of Minnesota, bred and born in Minnesota as you are. Um, but yeah, that, <laughs> that's that, good. I should add that to my little thing. Oh, good. Yes, ma'am. Like <laughs> yep. Um, and I don't know, actually my roommate, um, and state officer teammate, Maddie Smith and I were just talking today about the strangest interview questions we've been asked. And in one of her FFA interviews, she was asked to describe how she would describe the color to a blind person. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is also a really great challenging interview question that is a very challenging question wow cool yeah 
I don't know. It, it definitely made me think, how would I answer that? And I don't know. Yeah, that would, that would put, I'd, I might have to like write a few things down and cross <laughs> out a few things before I came up yeah. with a full answer to that one. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. All right. Should we get on to the next questions? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. So if you've been given an elephant and you're not allowed to give it away or sell it, what would you be doing with this elephant? Okay, this is really ironic and funny, actually. I am unashamedly a huge fan of TikTok. Um, And so (laughs) the other day I was like scrolling through my For You page as one does. um, And I came across this video of this girl who was like in her life with her pet elephant. And she was like doing pull-ups on its trunk and then having it like toss it her up on its back and then like reading on it and in general she would like ride it around her neighborhood and stuff in some jungle in Indonesia I don't know but it looked like a lot of fun so I think if if I had an elephant um it would just kind of be my BFF and we would hang out like this girl and her elephant did on TikTok and it would be great I love that I can still see you just, you know, chilling with an elephant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, reading on my elephant. How cool does that sound? I'm here for that. That sounds actually pretty dang cool. I like it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (sighs) All right. So if you could have any superpower, what would it be? And Mm. why? (laughs) okay so my one of my college roommates name is katie benson and she was actually a past state officer um and her favorite rom-com is this movie called about time and the entire concept of this movie is the men in this particular family have the ability to travel back in time in their own life um and so they have the ability to go back in time and like alter certain details if something went wrong or, you know, um, but the end of the movie ends with this concept of like, you, you should live life as if every single day is the best day of your life. And what these men do is if they didn't live their life as if it was the best is they go back, they live it the first time with all of the hardship and the trials and, and the things that just make life heavy sometimes. And then they go back and they relive the day and they enjoy every single moment of it for the beauty that life is. And that was just so profound to me of like life, even though it has difficulties and things that aren't so great, it also has really beautiful, good things hidden throughout. And it's something to be enjoyed and appreciated and really precious. So I think I would have the ability to go back in time in my own life and both like enjoy the best moments of my life and then go back and relive the ones where I feel like I I didn't do everything I could have or I didn't live life as as vividly as I could have um so that would be my superpower awesome I like that I've always said my superpower had something to do with time but it wasn't as profound as that it was just basically like (laughs) if I'm stressed out I just want to be able to stop time and just get everything I had done nobody nobody else can do anything like everything freezes time freezes but I keep moving and I can keep doing things that's like always been my thing but I like yours better I think it's a little more um (laughs) grateful for life in its (laughs) yeah I like yours too though I I am an awful procrastinator by nature it's so bad so if I could like stop time or I guess even like if I could go back in my own life I could just like go back and do the assignment sooner at a different time I don't know not being able to like productively procrastinate would be good but 
I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. It's part of life. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. We're all good. <laughs> so what was the last gift you gave someone? And was there a meaning behind this gift? Yes, actually. Okay. So my younger brother just turned 16, like less than a week ago, which is crazy. He's four years younger than me. And that made me feel really old. Um, but he recently got a car. He is ready to hit the road and travel. And so for his 16th birthday, I got him this like really cool travel mug. That's like super fancy and artsy and he can just like put stickers on it I don't know if that's a girl thing or if guys can do that too but that was what went through my mind when I got it for him so now he has like something to go on his new adventures with him yep uh, a travel mug was the most recent gift I got (laughs) for someone awesome so if he's anything like you are he drinks a bunch of coffee and needs the coffee for the road is that the (laughs) idea (laughs) Well, that was my thought process behind it, but he is the black sheep of our family. Like every single one of the girls in our family and my parents drink coffee like it's water or liquid gold. Like we all just (laughs) inhale it. Um, But he thinks we're all ridiculous and totally mocks us for our consumption of coffee. So it'll probably have like tea or water in it or something. Maybe coffee, but he's totally the black sheep of the family in that he thinks we're all crazy for drinking as much coffee as we do. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if um, someone wrote an, auto, or if you wrote an autobiography, mm-hmm. what would it be called? My, my deep love for coffee and all things caffeine. Um, I think I would name my autobiography, uh, Watercolor with Coffee, which when you first say that, that sounds weird. Um, but recently on Pinterest, I it, this is what spurred this idea. On Pinterest, I've been seeing a lot of beautiful images of people watercoloring with coffee. And I love art and I love caffeine and it's beautiful. But I think there's also a really fun meeting behind that name as well. Um, watercolor and the art of it is like it's a type of art form where the more perfect you try to make it, the less beautiful it seems. So like you think of when third graders try to watercolor and make it as perfect and realistic as they can, it just looks so not not realistic. And it, it looks just like incomplete and, and kind of weird and out of place. Um, but when you're watercoloring, you want it to be perfectly imperfect in a sense. Like the more messy and vivid and it's kind of bleeding that a watercolor painting does, the more beautiful and attractive it is. And I think that's so cool for life as well. Like I used to get so caught up in the fact that maybe I'm not as good as this other person at this thing, or maybe I'm not as talented as, as this person that, and that means I can't go as far, or maybe I'm not as, um, as pretty or as skilled or any of these things. Maybe I'm just not perfect enough. Um, but what makes us as people so valuable is the fact that we are imperfect. Um, It's what makes us relatable and real and and people that other people want to connect with. Um, So the best people that I've met are the people who are unashamedly imperfect and choose to love other people who are imperfect as well, Um, which is something that's so profound to me and why I think I would name my autobiography Watercolor with Coffee. That is so cool. And I feel like you have a whole book ahead of you that you can already (laughs) write and you already have all the ideas for it. So there you go. 
love it so <laughs> if you were a brand what would your motto be this is also a great question because um currently i'm going for communications and marketing so all of my jobs right now surround branding and marketing and mottos and all that stuff um and I think it's really interesting because in a lot of my classes, uh, they talk about the value of personal branding as well, of, of branding yourself so that when someone meets you, um, they know what to expect um, and they know what they can find in you and the skills and talents you bring to the table and, and what makes you tick. So having a personal brand um, is really valuable as well. And that's true when you're going through interviews as an officer. Um, it's really important to bring yourself consistently to the table through every step of the interview. So everybody on that nominating committee knows who you are and knows what to expect from you and knows that you're going to be real and knows what drives you and what you're passionate about. I think me, one of my mottos, one of my personal branding things um, is to be obsessively grateful. And I have that on a, on a little, I don't know, cube thing, those interior decorating like cube things. I have that on that on my desk. Um, and I love that so much because uh, actually one of my favorite quotes is by Abraham Lincoln. And it says, uh, I am only successful because I stand on the shoulders of giants. So as, as people, as FFA members, we, we are allowed to be successful because other people invest into us. And that's something that they don't have to do. That's a choice that they make to intentionally put effort and time into us. Um, and that's something that I've been so grateful for in my life uh, is, is the choice that other people have made to invest into me. And so in turn, I can choose to be obsessively grateful for the actions that they've done in my life and kind of pay it forward to people in the future. Uh, so I think one of my mottos is definitely to, to be obsessively grateful. Awesome. I love it. And I know I've heard your little giant story before, but it always like brings me like, I don't know. I just like can so just picture myself standing on, not even standing on shoulders, just standing like up above and like just knowing that I wouldn't be up there if it wasn't for my advisors, my parents, my friends, my mm -hmm. other FFA members that I interacted with. Um, older members that just kind of like just said one little thing of encouragement like seriously every little thing I couldn't like I couldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for every little thing everyone else has done to put into me so I think that's like something that's like really good to like realize and then I think for me realizing that I just I want to give back and like be that mm -hmm. for someone else so that they can stand even taller than I am so I love that you say that because it always just brings like I'm very visual person and we were talking about this before we started recording. <laughs> yes. like visually seeing something really sometimes helps um, just understand what's going on in life. So what would you rather do? Would you rather have say everything that was on your mind or never speak again? Okay, honestly, this question was probably the easiest one for me on your list. Um, and I think I would say <laughs> never speak again. Like by nature, I'm kind of an introvert. And so it would make me so uncomfortable if like everyone could hear every single one of my thoughts. Um, like if I just had to say it out loud, I just, I don't love being the center of attention or like any of that stuff. And also I feel like there are so many more ways to express yourself than simply through words. Like for me, I, I love art. Um, I, I play classical piano and actually this little instrument called an Irish penny whistle, which is really fun. Uh, so I play like 
several instruments and I love to write and paint and all these things. And these are ways that I, I choose to express myself other than words. So I feel like if I, if I had the opportunity to either say literally everything that's on my mind or never speak again, I would choose never speak again. Um, cause there's so many other ways to express yourself, um, rather than just through words too. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> no, that makes so much sense. <laughs> and I, I kind of understand that. I think I'd pretty much be in the same boat but then I was thinking about it I like kept second guessing myself my Mm -hmm. own like answer on this question because I was like well nothing really bad goes on in my brain so like if I said everything that I thought like would people just understand my thought process better or like if I said everything that was on my brain would people realize how funny I actually am or like how many funny (laughs) things up in my brain like I just was like thinking about that I was like I might be annoying but they might understand me a little better but then also it's like well if I never speak again then it's just like I'm able to take in so much more because once you're Mm -hmm. you're not speaking like you're just able to like understand the situations you're in and I think that's sometimes really good and beneficial and I often like gain more from when I'm just like sitting in the background just taking in every single word or action that people are saying instead of like just constantly talking to them because when you're talking that's what you're focusing on instead of like yeah focusing on them so it was a hard one for me I don't really know really where I ended up on that one so I think like more profoundly I would want to pick never speak again but (laughs) I would want to be I want to I'd want to say what I was to say what was that Fine. Wow. Words. Okay. <laughs> English is a rough language, dude. And yes, I totally get you. But also I feel like if everyone could hear all of my thoughts all the time, they'd think I was just totally crazy. Cause like, I don't know, my, my thought process is insane. Like I'll look at someone wearing a pink sweater and I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. That kind of reminds me of like this random pink, like Pepto-Bismol color, but that Pepto-Bismol color also reminds me of like this, my little pony that I watched when I was in like fifth grade or something that because it reminds me of this song and like that's the way my brain goes a hundred percent of the time and I think people get so tired of it very quickly (laughs) (laughs) yeah I get that (laughs) all right so this question is kind of a big one within the state officer team this year as well as region presidents and it's kind of been a battle about half and half like is a bowl of cereal a soup or is it its own thing. Okay, honestly, like if we look at the definition of a soup in my brain, it is a liquid that contains other nutritional ingredients in solid form. And by that definition in my brain, cereal is totally a soup. Like soup doesn't have to be hot or cold. I've had cold tomato soup one time in Budapest and it was weird and I don't recommend it, but like I cold soup exists. And okay. so I feel like for that reason, cereal is a soup. What do you think? (laughs) I don't know. I just, soup is always like, when I just think about soup, I I just think about like a really cold winter day, kind of like what's happening right now. The soup just warms you up or like when you're Mm -hmm. sick, the soup just warms you up. Cereal doesn't really like fit that vibe for me. So like, I'm like, no, it's its own thing. It's plus, I'm also a very weird human being and I will have 
my cereal without milk in it more times than with milk in it. And I know you just gave me the weirdest look in the world, <laughs> but um, I just, I don't know. There's something about like, I don't like how it like gets mushy and all of that. So when I think of cereal, I think of a dry bowl of cereal, which, which is really, it's not okay. a soup at that point. So like, I'm, yeah. I feel like I don't really have a say in this um, debate because I don't really have my, <laughs> my cereal properly. No, no, I get up, you. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I feel like yeah. every single like trail mix out there almost has like cereal in it. And like if cereal is just the dry good, not like the actual milk and cereal in a bowl, then it's totally not a soup. Like if it's just like the brand of food. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah. So like for me, cereal, when I have cereal, I don't even put milk in it. So it mm -hmm. can't be a soup. So then I feel like it's not a soup. But then obviously, like if you put milk in it, well, it's like, eh, it could be a soup maybe, <laughs> but it doesn't really fit like the warmth that soup usually like a good bowl of soup does in my brain. Yeah. Like I feel like in Minnesota, soup is very much a warmth comfort food thing but it makes me interested to think like what is soup in other parts of the world like if you're in a super hot climate climate you're never gonna want soup because that's way too hot so maybe soup is cold there sorry I'm getting like way too all over the place <laughs> <laughs> no that's okay I mean I was thinking about it the other day because one time my mom was like let's have soup and I was like it's the middle of summer why would we have soup I don't I'm not in the mood for soup it's hot out but yeah it, it probably is just how we were raised <laughs> we love minnesota oh yeah we love <laughs> below zero degrees anyway <laughs> we'll get moving on with this episode so while we had very funny like fun interview questions um we'll get a little more person you'll have more personal ones in all of those other um actual interviews that are coming up very fast um and so just before we end this podcast, I just want to ask you a few other questions, Elaine. Um, what would be your biggest piece of advice for FFA members as they are going into different interviews in the near future? For sure. And okay, to be honest, straight up, this is like the most cliche advice, but also the most influential advice that I've ever been received in terms of interviewing. And that's to just be you, to be yourself. Um, advice, I was like, oh my gosh, no. Like everybody says be you. Like why, I, how, what do I do with this? Um, but I think it's really, really impactful because sometimes when you're going through an interview process, it's really easy to try and make yourself like a bright sparkly version of who you are and hide all the, the gunk and the things you're not good at, which to a certain extent, like interviews are about presenting your best self, but it's not about presenting a different version of yourself. Um, so it's really important to show this is what I'm passionate about. This is what makes me tick. This is who I am. People connect with real people and people with light see light in other people. So be sure to, to let your own light shine, if that makes sense, to, to intentionally be yourself, be authentic, um, and, not, and not be like a fake, bright, shiny version of yourself because people don't connect with fake. Uh, so that, that is some of the best advice that I was ever given. And it wasn't something that I realized was the best advice I feel much later after the fact. Um, so when you're going through the interviews, just be sure to be you. And I think another thing is when you're prepping for interviews, don't be afraid to ask for help. Just because you ask for help does not mean that you are not worthy of being in a leadership position. 
And that's something that I had wrong for a really long time. I thought that in order to be a good leader and to be able to add value to other people that I couldn't struggle myself and I couldn't have questions and I couldn't like ask other people for help. And that is totally wrong. That is totally backwards. So there are other people in your life who are willing to be giants whose shoulders you can stand on. And there are other people in your life who have gone before you and have it figured out and they are always so happy to help. Um, and you will be able to go so much further um, if you have people who have lived it and who've walked it and who have done it before right there to help you too. Um, so I think that those would be my two biggest pieces of advice. Awesome. So the next question, <laughs> what have you found helpful while preparing for different interviews? For sure. So I think the single biggest um, interview trick or tip uh, that has been just incredibly influential in my interviews is something called the Sarah method. Um, and this is just a hard and fast rule for answering interview questions in a way that makes sense and is really engaging. So Sarah spelled S-A-R-A stands for situation, action, result, application. So when somebody asks you a question, you start off and you tell them the situation, the story. What is this thing that happened in your life that relates to the question? And then you're going to tell them what you did about it, your action. Um, and then you're going to tell them what resulted from it, what happened, um, and, and how you reacted, what about it. Um, and then you're going to move into an application piece. So in, in that part, you're going to say, okay, this is what I learned from my action and results. Like, this is what I can take forward with me. Um, this is why I now have the skills to be ready for this position that I'm interviewing for. Um, and that Sarah method, situation application, or situation action, result application, has been like the single biggest helpful go-to tool um, that I use for every interview, jobs, internships, leadership positions, everything now. Um, that is super, super helpful when you're prepping for an officer interview. Awesome. I did not realize there was like an actual acronym for that because when I learned <laughs> it, it was just like, give an example, tell what happened and what was the result and how you grew from it. And like, I just like knew like all of those, but I love that there's an acronym and now I'm going to think, it, think of it as Sarah. So I hope others put that in their back pocket as they go into the next, their next interview. <laughs> it is very helpful to have an acronym in mind when you're going through that interview process. For sure. So mm -hmm. finally, since the podcast is called, I believe, which PS everybody, she helped me come up with that name. Just had to <laughs> add that in there. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, everything that happened in this podcast, I like double checked with her. I was like, is this okay? Does this sound okay? Does this look okay? Could you help me with this? So anyway, had to give her a little credit on the title of my podcast Aww. because it did not come alone. Um, anyway, since you helped me with the title, I believe, we got to ask you, <laughs> what do you believe in today? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I love that. Um, and I think, okay, actually, I was just listening to another podcast the other day. I love podcasts beyond all reason, and I probably listen to at least three a day, and that's not an exaggeration. Um, <laughs> and the other day, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts called The Woe That's Good Podcast um, by Sadie Roberts. And she just said this one thing really briefly in the podcast, and that was that 
um, as leaders, we need to champion people. And I, it was just like a brief sentence, like just super quick. But that sentence is something that I, I really dug into after listening to the podcast, this concept of, of championing people. What does that mean? And I think it's something that I really believe in because when you champion people, it means putting people above yourself. And it means choosing to, to share opportunities, to make sure that you are giving people around you every opportunity they can to be the successful individuals that God created them to be, the, the unique and incredible individuals that they can be in the future, um, and making sure that you don't spare any expense or any chance to make them know how valued they are, um, how important they are to the world, and the things that they are capable of doing in the future. Um, so I really, really believe in that statement of being able, of being the person in the corner, cheering them on as they go on to do other really, really cool things. Um, one of, another one of my favorite quotes, I keep going back to quotes, I'm so sorry, but another one of my favorites is by Ronald Reagan, and it says, the greatest leaders are not the people who are out there achieving the greatest things, they are the people who help people to achieve the greatest things. Those are the greatest leaders. And I love that. Um, and so I think that's what the phrase championing people really means. Um, and it's something that I really believe in. Awesome. Well, I know you've been in my corner as I have um, worked towards <laughs> goals. So you definitely champion other people. Um, and I love that you just have random quotes in your back pocket <laughs> to just whip out during this <laughs> podcast because I was like thinking of thinking about it, I was like, I don't think I have that many quotes just like bang at my disposal. And I want to because I love quotes and I like write one on my board every morning just to get a little inspiration for the day. But maybe I should have a few just in my back pocket that are fully memorized because I love that about you. You always just have like the perfect quote in your back pocket to tell me during a random conversation. <laughs> Thank you, Elaine, for coming on the podcast today. I am so happy that you were able to come on and I'm sure everybody else gained a lot from your little inspiration and your funny answers as well. So thank you and have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening today. I believe that together we can make a difference in our world. Go out with passion, dedication, and a willingness to do everything you can to help our world.